going to talk to you about the most amazing week. <clears throat> Two weeks from today, we're going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Marks the uh, anniversary of the greatest victory the world has ever known. The war against man's greatest of all enemies has been won once and for all when Jesus rose from the dead. What happened during this week about 2,000 years ago, A.D. 33, actually. It's more important to you personally, whether you know this or not, it's true, than any other series of events that's ever taken place in the world. This is the week that the God of all creation fulfilled His purpose for mankind, which has been foretold since the beginning of time. One week from today marks the week that God took on human flesh, laid down His life to pay for your life, which was completely lost to sin. Jesus began this special week with a prophetic, triumphant entry into the holy city of Jerusalem. This uh, first day of what many refer to as Passion Week it begins with what is referred to by many as Palm Sunday. You've all heard of the many things that took place during the days that are leading up to the resurrection. You've heard about the triumphal entry. You've heard about Jesus cleansing the temple. You've heard about Mary anointing Jesus with the very expensive perfume called spikenard. The instituting of the Lord's Supper, Jesus' arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, His mock trial, the torture at the hands of the Jews, and then His torture at the hands of the Romans, His crucifixion, His burial, and then the part that we're going to celebrate in two weeks, His glorious resurrection from the dead. Today, we're going to do something unusual. I'm not going to do a lot of preaching today. Today we're going to read the whole story, the whole thing. We're going to start with next Sunday, which in A.D. 33 was Nisan 12. I looked up several different Jewish men pronouncing that month, Nisan. It's not Nissan like a truck, and I found two different variations of it, but we're going to call it Nisan today. Right or wrong, that's what we're going to call it. That's the best I could do. But this is on Sunday, Nisan 12. We get all these stories all broken up in little pieces, but it's all disconnected. Today, we're going to read the whole thing. And we're going to see all, how every bit, every piece in this story is connected with, with this amazing week you know, sometimes things happen in your lives and they come in a flood, one thing after another, after another, after another, and it just gets so much you can't even get your, get your head around it. Well, that's kind of what this is like. So here we go. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. We're going to do some reading. Matthew 21, verse number 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, 
Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. If any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of him, and he straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and the colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. John writes about it as well in John chapter 12. He says in verse 12, On the next day much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now this is also that famous day that Jesus made a scourge of cords and used it to cleanse the temple. He was very popular until he did that. We're going to continue reading with Matthew 21 in verse number 12 now. It says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. The next morning is Monday, Nisan 13. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Jesus spent much of that day teaching in the temple. The Pharisees being thoroughly stirred up against him after the incident in the temple where he threw all the money changers tables over and ran them out. Later that day he left the temple and walked a few hundred yards 
across the, what is known as the Kidron Valley. It's spelled a couple of different ways. It's not very far. It's down into the, basically where the runoff water, if they got a big rain, would, would run through the city. He walked across that, and as he come up the other side, he passed through the Garden of Gethsemane onto a hilltop above the Garden of Gethsemane known as the Mount of Olives. We now read in Matthew 24, beginning in verse number 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be uh, left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. This particular prophecy that Jesus uttered here was fulfilled 70 years later by the Emperor Titus when he passed through Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. Verse 3 says, that As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. Jesus taught the disciples all the remainder of that day, and then retired to Bethany to the house of a friend that we know as Simon the leper. There Jesus is anointed with the very expensive substance called spikenard by Mary, while the elders back within Jerusalem are now conspiring to kill him. We take up the reading now in Matthew 26. It says, It came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things, sayings, he said unto his disciples, Know ye that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. It says, Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas. And they consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial." Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Do you think they wasted the ointment? No, they didn't. It says, then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, what will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? 
And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Judas is known as the disciple who kept the bag. That means that he was the treasurer of that very first church. And uh, I'm glad our treasurer is more trustworthy than theirs was. He is so angry at the loss of the money that he might otherwise have controlled. He is now ready to betray the Lord of glory. So now this brings us to Tuesday. Nisan 14. A.D. 33. To understand the rest of what happened this coming week back in uh, A.D. 33. There are some things that you need to know about your Bible regarding Jewish feasts. The feasts of the Lord. We're going to go to Leviticus now. And we're going to read a few verses of scripture to set some information forth. It says in Leviticus 23 verse 1, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations. This, this is a plural, meaning these convocations are Sabbaths, which ye shall proclaim in their season. The 14th day of the first month. Now, we were just reading about that 14th day of the first month, which is Nisan. It says the 14th day of the first month, even at, is, at even, is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have an holy convocation. What is a holy convocation? It's a Sabbath. On the fifteenth day is a Sabbath, and you shall do no servile work therein. Now we're going to be going to verse number 8. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. It's another Sabbath. Ye shall do no servile work therein. So on that Tuesday, as the scriptures commanded, the story begins to unfold. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse number 12, continues this story. At the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, and there ye shall meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go, say ye to the good man of the house, The master saith, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. By the way, that room still exists. 
you make a trip to Israel, you can visit that room. His disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening when he cometh with the twelve, and as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and say unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup when he had given thanks. He gave it to them and they, they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily, I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. There in the night, at the foot of the Mount of Olives, in the garden called Gethsemane, Jesus prays for us. He faces his destiny and then is betrayed and arrested. In John 17, beginning in verse number 25, we read the account of this. Jesus says, O righteous Father, that the, the, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. These are the last two verses of that prayer. And I've declared thy name unto them, uh, I've declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now in John 18, verse number 1, it says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook, Cedron or Kidron, that where, the, where was a garden into the which he entered with his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am. Notice that word, he is italicized. Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Yeah, that was impressive. Then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, in a much less bold voice, I think this time, perhaps. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which he spake, of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. 
Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first. For he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. I think that it is self-evident for us as we read this, why Jesus slammed that band of soldiers to the ground with the very mention of his Old Testament name, I Am. He was telling them in no uncertain terms that he would allow them to take him, but no one else. Otherwise, they would have have arrested them all. Certainly Peter, who has just assaulted one of their number. Annas and his soldiers proceeded to further abuse Jesus and then send him to Caiaphas. Peter, following along, is accused of being one of them. And this is the point in the week and in the story where three times Jesus is denied by the apostle Peter. John 18 and verse number 15, And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple, and who is that one? John, that's who that one is, was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. It says in verse number 24, Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? I suppose he did. He saw him swing a sword at his head and cut his right ear off. Peter then denied again and immediately the cock crew. Jesus, in the middle of the night, is now falsely accused. He's tried in a mock trial. He is severely beaten by the Jewish elders and their soldiers. And we continue the story in Matthew 26, verse number 57. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes And the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet they found none. At the last came two false witnesses. And said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple and to build it in three days. That's the best you got. That's it. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter 
you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What thank you? And they answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then they did spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is thee that smote thee? Tuesday night passes, and now we come to Wednesday, Nisan 15. It's about six o'clock in the morning when Jesus is brought before Pilate. Luke 23 and verse number one is where we continue this story. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. For he was desirous to see him of long season because he had heard many things of him. And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again unto Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, said unto them, You have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people, and behold, I having examined him before you have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof you accuse him. Nor yet, no, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For of necessity he must release one of them unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again unto them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why, what evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed.
And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. These are the same people that were cutting down the palm branches and laying them in the path of that donkey that Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem. Same multitude. My, how opinions can change so quickly. Just a few days, three, three, four days, that's all it took. Jesus is mocked and tortured until mid-morning. He's taken to Pilate at about six. And then in the middle of the morning, verse 24 in Matthew 27 says, When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. At nine o'clock on Wednesday morning, the day before the high day Sabbath, the Sabbath of unleavened bread, Mark 15 tells us, and when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them whatever man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads. That's something that you would only expect to see in a bunch of children who were misbehaving. Wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and builds it in three days. Save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Oh, had they only known what they were saying. The only way he could save us was to not save himself. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour.
And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lock lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For six long hours, Jesus hung there on the cross, and then he died. John 19 in verse number 19 says that there was a vessel full of vinegar set there. And they filled a sponge with the vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation Preparation, of course, is the day before the Sabbath. This is the Sabbath of unleavened bread, the high Sabbath, which is on Wednesday. Nisan 15. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not reign upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They broke not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. Between 3 o'clock in the afternoon and 6 o'clock in the evening on Wednesday, the eve of the high Sabbath day of unleavened bread, Jesus is buried. We read this account in John chapter 19, verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate, that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. Remember that story? John chapter 3. And brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight, then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices and the man, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. And there laid they Jesus. Therefore, because of the Jews preparation day for the sepulcher, was nigh at hand. Jesus died at three. The Sabbath was going to begin at six. They had to get, take him down, get him prepared, and get him in the tomb before the Sabbath began. The sepulcher was near all right. Google Maps says it's about 200 yards. Did not seem quite that far when I was there. About 200 yards from Golgotha, which is the hill that looks like a skull in front of which Jesus was crucified. 
Matthew 27 and verse 62 tells us, Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate. I guess they figured they could have a business meeting with Pilate even though it was the Sabbath. Saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, After three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now that stone is today up on Mount Nebo in Israel. The sepulcher is, of course, in Jerusalem. The channel is there where they roll the stone. It was, it was, it's an ingenious system, by the way. It's amazing. And when it says that the Romans sealed the stone, what that means is that they took a, a drill, an iron drill, and they drilled a hole into the solid wall, rock wall, where that stone was rolled forth, and they drove an iron pin then in that wall so that the stone could not be rolled back. Now, it's Sunday. Nissan 19. Matthew 28 and verse 1 says, In the end of the Sabbath, remember that Sabbath of unleavened bread is seven days long? In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to, be, to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. That steel pen didn't hold. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, who, by the way, didn't faint like little girls, as the Roman soldiers did. He said, fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. Now, Galilee's a long ways off. Galilee's the distance that, that Mary came to go all the way down to Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. And Jesus is going to meet them there. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. That's not the end of the story. That's where I'm going to quit reading. But that's only the beginning of the story. They were told that Jesus is raised from the dead and that their sins have been paid for in full.
Salvation has come. They departed quickly with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. So I guess I would ask you, will you also go out this week and bring somebody word that Jesus is risen from the dead? Week from next Sunday, we're going to come together starting at 7.30 in the morning. We'll have the chairs set up out on the portico, watching the sun come up. And we're going to celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the dead. We're going to preach the word of God. We're going to sing. We're going to teach the word of God. And we're going to feast as our men cook and serve breakfast to everyone. And we're going to have some games and candy and prizes for our children. And we're going to do all of that without taking any of the attention away from what this is all about. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior from the dead. The grave couldn't stop him. The government couldn't stop him. The soldiers couldn't stop him. I know you've got some problems going on in your life. But the same one that the grave could not hold is the solution to your problem. Your biggest problem is your sin problem. And he's already solved that problem. Maybe you need to receive that solution. I'm looking out here at the faces and I recognize most everybody. There's a couple of new ones. But have you received the solution to that problem? Do you know that that book I was reading from is absolutely true and that it is the very Word of God Himself? Do you understand that? How can you trust the Savior that we read about if you can't trust the book it's written in? You need to put your trust in what Jesus did for you that incredible, amazing week back in A.D. 33 that began as he entered into Jerusalem with a, a parade, actually, a victory parade. And all the people were rejoicing and shouting, Hosanna! Praise the Lord for the one that's coming in the name of the Lord. And then by the, as he offended the Pharisees by cleansing the temple, they set their hearts and minds against him and got the job done. They turned the people against him in just those few days. It's Sunday that he enters the city. By Wednesday, those who were worshiping him and shouting his name and praising the Lord and rejoicing in the victory that's coming were now shouting crucify him crucify him which group do you stand with today you know we read that story and and we see how Jesus was mistreated and how he was lied about and how he suffered and bled and died and your heart goes out to the innocent one being punished for the guilty. He, he didn't do that because he was forced, because he was bound, because he was taken prisoner. 
What would it have taken for Jesus to come down from the cross? That's what they were saying. Oh, you say you're the, you're the one. Come down from the cross if you are. Could he have come down from the cross? Oh, certainly. Why would he not come down from the cross? Well, just put your name on that line. Because you're the reason he did not come down from the cross. You're the reason that he chose to go through all of that. You. Do, do you understand when the scripture says he cares for you, how personal that is? I know that if I'd been the only one, he'd have still died for me. And that's how he feels about you. That's what his love is like, like no other. And he will not ever leave you or forsake you. He will see you through whatever you have to deal with in your life. I got some questions to ask when I get to heaven. I want to know what that song was they sang before they went out to the garden. You say, why do you want to know that? I want to know everything. I want to know it all. That's why I read the whole story to you today. I want you to see it in one clear picture. There's more to learn, lots more to learn. This was an amazing week. The most amazing week in the history of the world, I think. You know, the Lord created the universe in a week. But what he did in that week that we just read about, wow. What he accomplished. Heaven is going to be filled with people like you and me because of that week and what he accomplished in that week.